Praise the Lord, everybody. It is good to see everyone here. I don't know if you know this, but uh, we're in a new year. Praise the Lord. If you haven't said Happy New Year to someone, say, turn to your neighbor, tell them Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. It is good to be. And I think it's especially nice that we begin the new year at church. Amen? Praise the Lord. We have a few announcements for you this morning. Monday, January 2nd, begins our 21 days of sacrifice, continuing until Sunday, January 22nd. Tuesday, January 3rd, will be our first evening prayer in the sanctuary here at Grace at 7.30 p.m. And on January 8th, we will have Brother A.J. Holloway. He will be speaking to us in the 11 a.m. service. I'm looking forward to that. In my class this morning, I mentioned a, a certain principle or, or an idea that God wants us to know Him. He wants us to know about Him, to have this epiphany of His reality. But that's not the only way God wants us to know Him. He, he wants us to know Him in experience. And I pray, Lord, I pray that the Lord helps you this morning, that as you leave this place, that, all, that you not only know that God exists, but that you have an experience with Him today. Can we stand to our feet this morning and give praise to the Lord? God bless you.
down Lie you won't tear down Coming after me There's no shadow you won't light up Mountain you won't climb up Coming after me There's no wall you won't you believe it this morning singing with Lie you won't tear it down
Lord, that's here this morning. I'm so thankful to know, to feel confidence today that Jesus is in this building. Yes, he is. Thankful for the love of God. I'm thankful for the comfort of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for the ever-abiding presence of the Lord that's here today. Happy New Year, everybody. And I hope you have a wonderful year. I told Sister Murphy last night we were getting in bed at about 12.20 this morning. And I said, I can't believe we've made it to 2023. I remember thinking when it turned the year 2000, surely that would be the year of rapture. Y2K and all of that. We're still here. And all of these comments are playing into my message that I'm going to bring to you in just a moment. But I'm thankful for the ever-abiding presence of the Lord that's brought us safely thus far. Thankful to be in the hand of the Lord this morning, aren't you? Would you clap your hands one more time to Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. I'm not going to make all the announcements again, and we're going to move quickly. We do have some prayer requests to bring to you today before we turn to the word of the Lord. But I am asking everybody, again, that our uh, 21 days of sacrifice begins tomorrow. I'm going to ask everybody here at Grace Church to please take that serious, and and you always do. But it's just simply spending 21 days of giving up something that's important to you, that's precious to you just set that aside for the Lord and you focus on the things that God wants to do in your life, things that he wants to do here at Grace Church. I'm going to ask you to take these 21 days seriously and uh, spend some extra time in prayer. Uh, As a matter of fact, this coming Tuesday night, uh, we're having uh, church-wide prayer. Be an awesome time to have everybody gather. We're past the holidays now. Everybody's going to get back into their routine. It'd be wonderful to have a crowd like this one at prayer uh, Tuesday night. It would be amazing. Please come to pray and um, ask God to give us guidance and what have you for this upcoming year. And uh, to be ready for its challenges. I'm sure it's going to have them. On some level, we're going to be challenged this year. But I believe the church is going to rise to the occasion. I'm going to tell you more about that, not this coming Sunday, but uh, the Sunday following that one. Uh, We're going to talk some about that, Lord willing. Before we turn to the Word of God, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Pray for the remainder of this service. Uh, Brother James Tomlinson had surgery this week, is at home recovering. Let's keep him in your prayers. Uh, Hannah Lewis is in the hospital this morning. Was rushed to the emergency room at about 2.30 this morning. Let's pray for Chris and Hannah and this family, especially Hannah this morning. And also a very dear friend of Steve Bunch. It's actually his neighbor. It's become a very good friend. Uh, I understand uh, he's not that old of a man. Had cancer, it's returned. And the doctor said he has about two weeks to live. Steve has taken this very hard. Steve witnessed to him, uh, tried his, his best to introduce Jesus to this man. And um, let's pray for Adam is his name. Let's pray for him and his family. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, shall we? Jesus, we love you and we're thankful that we can begin this year knowing that the ever-abiding presence of God is still with us. The 
change of the calendar doesn't affect who you are, doesn't affect what you can do. And I pray, God, for these needs that we've mentioned here this morning. You know every one of them in detail. And I pray, God, that you would take care of these people, Brother James and Hannah and Adam, that you would take care of these people, that your hand would be made manifest in their life, in their family. Be with them, comfort them, strengthen them, heal them. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Thank the Lord. I want to read today from John chapter 14, familiar reading. If you have your Bibles and care to turn with us there, John chapter 14, verse 1. Otherwise, you're welcome to follow along on the screen. Jesus is speaking to his disciples just prior to his crucifixion. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'll go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. But Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not hither whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. In thinking about this service today, uh, this past week, and ushering the holidays out and knowing it was New Year's Day, I heard a little whisper in my mind uh, earlier this week. It, it, it seemed like, and I believe, that God asked me this question. Do you still trust me? I didn't give God a knee-jerk reaction and just gave him the, sure, I thought about it. I believe God asked me that question. And I thought about it. I kind of had to answer like Simon Peter when Brother Dave and I were talking about this morning. Dave brought it up. When Jesus asked Simon, do you love me? And he said, yes. Jesus said, do you really love me? Yes. Do you really, really love me? All of it has different meaning. Kind of felt that way. I felt like I was on the spot. I believe Jesus was asking me this question for a purpose. It's the title of my message today. I believe God is asking Grace Church, do you still trust me? Everybody say thank the Lord for the word. <clears throat> thank you for standing in your patience. You may be seated. I've come today to... <clears throat> bring you a message and I'm so thankful for everyone that's here this being January the 1st of 2023 I'm thankful for you being here today on this great holiday and one that certainly needs to be celebrated At the beginning of my message I'm not I've not come to be negative I don't I don't like to be negative I like to be real I like to sometimes say things the way they are. Have you ever been talking to somebody and you've been talking to them for a while and they say something to you like, well, I'm going to be real honest with you right now. You ever stop and think, well, I'd hoped you'd been honest with me prior to that. I think I know what people mean. They just want your attention to be a little more focused and what they say is going to be a little more passionate. It's going to be a little more real. They're going to be a little more transparent. I want to be honest with you right now in this message. And um, 
I hope it hit, it hits home with you like it has me. Let me be real for just a few moments and we'll jump into our message today. But I believe we are currently facing and going through some of the most devastating times in our history or in our lifetime. 2020, I was sharing with somebody this morning, I know so many churches started the year 2020 with their vision was 2020 vision. It was beat up so bad and by so many people I didn't even mention it. I don't remember mentioning it. If I did, I don't remember. But then here comes COVID. And then 2021 trying to rebuild in 2022. In my estimation, just to, again to be real, to be very honest and transparent, these, these have been years of conflict. It's been years of conflict like I've never seen in my lifetime. It's been conflict on a global level, as we all know. On a national level here in our country, we've had times of conflict in this country like I've never seen before. And it's even impacted the church. I think all of us agree, and there's people here today, I've had this conversation with you, some of you several times, that it seems like things that have happened over the past, especially the past three years, has even changed a lot of people's perspective. Uh, and I've, I've heard it uh, via people who's traveled around the country. And it seems like all churches of all denominations are experiencing a very similar dynamic. There's just a different perspective. And it's hard to explain. It's hard to put your finger on it. But it exists. And it's left a lot of pastors and church leadership bewildered on how to work with it and how to work with people through it, it's challenging because it's, it's challenging to identify exactly what it is. But then it's, this paradigm has trickled on down to people's homes, their families. There's been health issues that seemingly never existed before. There's been marital issues that's never existed before. Challenges with children and finances. And the list goes on and on. I told Sister Murphy this morning, uh, as we were getting in the bed about 12.30 this morning, I'm, I'm kind of happy to see 2022 go and just hoping that 2023 is going to be better. I believe it is. I believe it is. I'll share that with you in a couple of Sundays. And I'm sure the biggest question that people are asking, especially Christian people, I've heard some of you ask this question. Where is God in all of this? Where is God? The answer is very simple, but powerful. Where is God in all of this? He's still here. He is still with us. Oh, yes, he is. The question that's emanating what I'm hearing coming from the presence of the Lord this morning is that question that I asked you a few moments ago. God is saying, do you still trust me? After all the stuff that's happened over the past several years, do you still trust me? I believe the disciples were feeling this way. As we come to John chapter 14 and the scripture that I just read to you. The week prior 
the Sunday prior, if you will, had begun gloriously with Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Everybody was praising the Lord. People were waving their palm branches and shouting. Men were taking off their outer garments and throwing them in the street so he could make that amazing ride on the back of a donkey through the streets of Jerusalem. John said in his gospel, they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. He's coming in the name of the Lord. And they were confident he was coming to set up that earthly throne, the kingdom of David, to dispel the Romans, to get rid of all of that. We are on a hallelujah ride right now. Jesus has come. He's going to be our king, anointed king. Even the Pharisees and the chief priests that were there watching all of this commotion, they had already been plotting against Jesus to try to kill him and get him completely off the scene. In verse 19 of John chapter 12, the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how we prevail nothing. The whole world has gone after him. I thought about that reading and I reflected this past, our past, past Christmas service. We were rejoicing and excited. We broke 200 for our Christmas service. We were excited about it. But then I was quickly reminded we used to have that every Sunday until COVID. Y'all remember that? Being very transparent this morning. Our Christmas services were over 300 before COVID. And it seemed like before 2020, it was our year, it was our time. Grace Church was growing by leaps and bounds. It just seemed like everything was on the right track, going in the right direction. And we were celebrating our King Jesus. But over the past three years at least, Jesus has chosen, I suppose, to manifest himself to Grace Church maybe in some different ways than what we've ever known him before. And it's through that that I believe people's perspective and vision for their lives and vision for the church and what have you has changed somewhat. We've seen Jesus in a way that we've not seen him before and we really don't know how to take it. And so Jesus has come this morning to ask you and I, even though you have seen me like you've never seen me before and you have not seen me lately like you're accustomed to seeing me, do you still trust me? Do you? What the disciples did not understand, what the Jewish people didn't understand, is Jesus had not come to establish an earthly kingdom. That's why he, that's not why he was here. They misunderstood and he refused their crown and disappointed and thwarted in their dreams of a Jewish kingdom with Jesus as their miracle-working king. The crowd in one week's time began to change. Just like that they changed. 
as soon as the priests were once again seeking someone to betray him into their hands, and it grieves my spirit that they found somebody that would do that. Just because Jesus didn't accept their crown didn't mean he couldn't work miracles anymore. Didn't mean he couldn't walk on water and raise the dead and cleanse the leper and open blind eyes and all that. It didn't mean he couldn't do that anymore. And I think that's something we missed over the past several years. We, we may have seen a different manifestation of God, but the power of God is not diminished. He's still the same God. Am I making sense to anybody here this morning so far? So as the 14th chapter of John opens, we see Jesus and his disciples in the upper room where they have eaten the Passover meal together. They didn't know what was coming. Jesus told them what was coming, but they didn't understand it. Peter argued with Jesus over what was coming. Jesus told them, I'm going to be crucified in Jerusalem. And Peter said, be far from it, you Lord. Let that be far from you. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. They were beginning to see a side of Jesus they had never seen before. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. I hope you're listening. I hope everybody's listening here. You hear what I'm about to say. There's about 10 or 12 people here this morning that needs to hear what I'm about to say. They were having the Passover meal together. They had just finished it in John chapter 14, verse 1. And Jesus knew exactly what was about to happen over the next few hours. He knew what was coming. He knew what the next few hours would bring. Jesus knew that Judas would betray him. His disciples knew it because it was prophesied that one of his disciples would betray him. Jesus knew that Peter would deny him not once but three times. But Peter didn't want to believe that. Jesus knew about the illegal trial of the night that was about to happen and how people would lie against him. He knew how it would just upset the disciples. He knew how hard it would be for them to understand. How do you get your head around this man with so much power that's gone toe-to-toe with ten thousands of demons at one time that's walked on water, that raised three people from the dead. One had been dead for four days. How do you get your head around this Jesus putting his life into the hands of the most barbaric people that's ever lived on this planet? How do you get your head around that manifestation of Jesus? I need for Grace Church to hear me this morning. He knew the cross was coming in less than 24 hours. He was going to be hanging on a cross. He knew that. He knew that was coming. He knew that he was going to be buried in a borrowed tomb. 
And he'd been, he had been trying to tell them that. He had been trying to equip them for that. He, but somehow they just, how can this miracle worker become this helpless weakling and nearly be beat to death before he's nailed to a cross? I can't get my head around that. And I still can't get my head around what's happened to the church around the world over the past three years. At Grace Church three years ago in 2019, we were talking about doing this platform project and adding a more, couple of more rows of chairs across the front to handle the crowd that was already beginning to show up. And all of a sudden, this Jesus that we knew seemingly manifested himself in a way we were not prepared for. But you listen to pastor. Everybody needs to listen. Set your phone down. Quit playing with the kids and listen to what I'm about to say. I thought about it, Sister April. I thought about it, Jason Cooper. And how many times prior to COVID, we heard tongues and interpretation here. We had prophecy here. Where God tried to assure this church. God tried to comfort this church. God blessed this church. And he did everything in his power to tell us to trust him. I've stood in this pulpit and preached my heart out about how we need God. And we need to be so dependable. As a matter of fact, I preached this exact same sermon in 2018. In February the 18th of 2018. Do you still trust him and we didn't get him when God whispered in my ear this week do you still trust me my mind immediately went to this message and this is where the disciples are at in John 14 they're, they're so intimate they're having, they're having their most intimate moment with Jesus they've ever had in their life They've never been closer. The Bible described John leaning on the bosom of Jesus. The way I look at the story, Brother Tom, is John was leaning on the bosom of Jesus when Jesus whispered to Peter, did somebody, excuse me, John, Jesus whispered to John and said, somebody is going to betray me, and Peter heard it and asked John, Ask him who it is. This can't be happening. This isn't the atmosphere for betrayal. We're the most, this is the most intimate time we've ever had with Jesus. There's no Pharisees here. There's no Sadducees here. There's no crowd here that wants to be fed with loaves of bread and fish. There's nobody here but us. We have the most intimate moment with Jesus we've ever had in our entire life. Jesus blurts out, somebody's going to betray me. And it just changed the whole entire atmosphere. It kind of reminds me of February of 2020 when news broke and said you can't have church anymore. How? I want you to notice, you think back. Go to our website and pull up sermons and Bible studies. 
from 2017, 2018, and what have you, and start listening to them and listen to the tone. This hit me like a thunderbolt this week. It hit me like a sledgehammer in the back of the head, if you will. That Jesus, on so many occasions in this church, tried to prepare us, and we just didn't hear it. And when Jesus uttered those words to John, somebody's going to betray me. And Peter heard it and said, John, ask him who it is. And finally, Peter couldn't help himself. And he said, Lord, is it I? Maybe Peter was a little more sensitive because Jesus had already mentioned that denial thing. We've been through some of that. That's all I'll say about that. But the whole atmosphere changed. It's like the whole, their whole idea about Jesus turned into something else. And Jesus tries his best Jesus said to them, your hearts are troubled right now. Oh, yes, they are. We read that, and we just skip over that your heart is troubled part, and we run into them, my father's house and many mansions. We just run straight to that part. But we don't realize what Jesus is about to go through to make it possible for us to inherit one of those mansions eternally. We, 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 don't, we don't understand that. The disciples didn't understand that. But he, he, he begins to give them this discourse for he's crucified. Crucifixion is now within hours. And he says that, that one part of the solution, he's trying to tell his disciples, if you want to get through this unscathed, I'm going to make sure the Romans don't bother you. You're not going to be just battered by the Pharisees and Sadducees or whatever. You're going to hide, but I'm going to make sure wherever you hide is going to be a safe place over the next three days. I'm going to take care of you for the next three days. With all I'm going to go through, you're going to be scared out of your mind that the Romans are going to come get you and do to you what they're doing to me. But I'm going to take care of you. And so he says to them, let not your heart be troubled. How? Oh God, I feel the presence of the Lord here this morning. It's hard. It's hard, Brother Henry. It's, it's hard to trust when everything you've worked for and hoped for falls like the grains of sand through the, your fingers just into an oblivion. We've been pastor here for almost 30 years. I was about 27 years when COVID hit. And those Sundays we came and preached here and had about 13, 14 people just to sing and run a little bit of service so we could preach. And then you preach your heart out and leave. There's no altar service. How is it that your heart is not troubled? When all of you have faced challenging times of conflict and despair, death in the family, 
suicide in the family, attempted suicide in your family, kids going just completely awry, your whole world falling apart, there's been homes just broken up, marriages have fallen apart, and you look at all of that and say, how do I live through this without my heart being troubled? What's causing the troubling is not necessarily the events, but it's Jesus changing the way he's manifesting himself. And he says, if you want to survive this without your heart being troubled, you have, you have to trust me. It's hard. So Jesus says that one part of the solution to a troubled heart is trust. And he tells his apostle to trust in three things. I need you to trust in three things. As the days unfold and bring to you the grievous news and all that stuff, there's three things I need for you to trust in. Listen to me, Grace Church. The first thing I believe he told them is you need to trust in my presence. Just because you don't see me like you're accustomed to seeing me doesn't mean that I'm still not there. Jesus said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. If you believe in God, and trust me, those Jewish men believed in God their whole life. God was pounded into their head. It sounds kind of like most of us here this morning. That's all I've heard, and I say it in all due respect. In my home, it was God, 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 God this, God that. My dad was offered a promotion at work. He had my mother call the prayer warrior at our church, Sister Elmina Parker, and said, Would you please pray? And ask God if it's his will for me to take this promotion or not. It was God about everything. If I wanted to buy a new car, it was God. I had to ask God about it. God was everything in us. And I say that in all due respect. But when God looks different, I know you trust in God, but you also need to trust in me, Jesus said. Now remember, when you can no longer see me at all, don't stop trusting me. He was buried in a tomb, and the stone rolled in front of that tomb was sealed. They couldn't see him. And Jesus is saying to them in these words, even when you can't see me, our praise team sings a song that has that line in it. When I don't see him, I trust him. When I don't see him, I believe him. Do we really? Oh, God. Jesus is telling them, though I may not look the same to you as I do right now, you can still trust in my presence. Just because this physical body of mine is literally going to be beaten to a bloody pulp. 
it does not mean that the God on the inside of me no longer exists. And you listen to me. The church has been beat up. We've talked about that, and I don't want to accentuate that this morning. But let me just say it in passing. Grace Church has been beat up. Churches all over this area has been beat up. But it doesn't mean that the God that fills the church body is still not real. It doesn't mean that his presence has gone away. It doesn't mean that he's no longer all-powerful. It doesn't mean that he can't handle conflict. It doesn't mean that he still can't heal cancer. God is still on the throne. He's still in charge. He's still all-powerful. He's still the Almighty. Everybody clap your hands. We have to still trust his presence. And I want God to know. Thank you. You may be seated. I want God to know that on this first day of January in 2023, in spite of all that we've been through, I still trust in the presence of Almighty God. He's large and He's still in charge. Yes, He is. Oh, God. We have always found it easier to trust in things that we can see and touch. All of us has a little bit of Thomas in us. Remember Thomas said, unless I see the nail prints in his hands and I see the scar in his side, I'm not going to believe it. So Jesus showed him that. Let me tell everybody here something. We're the body of Christ. preached about that a couple of weeks ago. We're the body of Christ. We don't always look at ourselves that way on that level, but... The Bible teaches we are. And every one of us has nail prints, if you will, and scars from a beating that we've all been through on one level or another. We all still have that. None of us are the same post-COVID as we were prior to that. And the past two years after COVID, we're not the same, but we're still the church. Y'all missed it. You just missed that point. We don't look the same. Our attitude may not be the same. But Brother Billy, we're still the church body of Christ. We've got scars to prove that we're still the body of Christ. And the beauty of it is that the church is resurrecting. The church is coming back to life. The church is coming back to its power. The church is coming back to its anointing. Oh, God. And Jesus makes that statement to Thomas. I'm trying to hurry. I didn't mean to take this long. But John makes that. It's been nice for somebody to say, preach it anyway, but I get it. We're going to hurry so everybody can be gone for lunch here in a few minutes. But Jesus makes that infamous statement to Thomas. He said, Thomas, you're blessed. Listen to the verse now in this context. You're blessed because you see this and you believe. But more blessed are those that have never seen my scars. Oh, God. 
but they still believe it with all of their might and they'll die for it. They'll give everything they've got to it. And I just feel like there's some applause and accolades that needs to be given to Grace Church. We haven't seen everything that we could be seeing. We haven't discovered everything that we could be discovering. But God is still here. And sitting in this room right now is a room full of believers that's saying, I still believe this with all of my heart and I'm not going anywhere. God is still with us and we're still going to have a great revival. story is told about a busy mother who put her two boys to bed. I'm going to say probably similar to Cullen and Brosnan. That's what I thought about when I read this story. I swear the comparison will stop, Dara. <laughs> but a busy mother put her two boys to bed. After tucking them in, and listening to their prayer, she bid them good night and heaved a sigh of relief saying, now I can finally have a little peace and quiet and some time to myself. So she went into the bathroom, took a nice warm shower, washed her hair, stepped out of the shower, put on her old house robe, wrapped her head in a towel, applied a thick layer of white moisturizer cream to her face, and then headed for the kitchen. Just then she heard sounds of a pillow fight going on in the boys' bedroom and irritated she threw their bedroom door open and said, you kids get right back in bed and don't make another sound. Turn the light out, slam the door. The two boys looked at each other and said, who was that? I think sometimes we look in the mirror and see what we look like now. After all that we've been through, sometimes we have a tendency to overjudge and overscrutinize the church a little bit because it looks a little different here and there than what it did two or three years ago. But it's still the same church. It's still the same church. It's still the same church. This is a hard lesson for us to learn as it was for them two little boys when this ghostly looking creature walked into their bedroom that night. It was still their mama and they missed it. And Jesus still shows up at this church and it may look a little different and seem a little different, but it's still him. I'm preaching to Grace Church today. We can still trust his presence. Oh, yes, we can. And then Jesus tells them, not only can you trust my presence, and this is a hard one, you can trust in my promises. In John chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus kind of goes off the rails with what seems to be just a little bit irrelevant right now. This horrible, bloody, gory, process of crucifixion is about to happen to him and Jesus in this intimate moment with his disciples just kind of perks up and says let me make y'all a promise in my father's house are many mansions okay what has that got to do with right now 
I'm just curious. He's making a point that what you are about to go through right now, don't worry about it. Because what I'm about to do right now is going to provide for you a way to go to a heavenly golden city like you can't even imagine. And I need for you to trust in that promise. My father's house with many mansions, if it were not so, and so on. I go to prepare a place for you, he said. God gave many promises, both in the Old and New Testament. He promised the children of Israel a land that flowed with milk and honey. It took a while for the promise to be fulfilled, but it, it was fulfilled. He promised the Messiah. That took a long time, too, but it was eventually fulfilled. Jesus was born. We just celebrated that. Now God's promise that he's coming back for us. Someday we will be with him forever and ever. Sometimes we grow impatient, but the scripture says you can trust the promises of God. The promise will be filled to fulfill too. The Bible uses a lot of different words to describe heaven. In one place it's called a country indicating the vastness of heaven. In another it's called a city indicating a large number of inhabitants. And it is called a kingdom indicated, indicating that there's governmental structure to it all. There's, it's called paradise indicating its beauty and desirability. But in John 14, Jesus calls it my father's house. It's another way of saying it's home. It's home. A home is a place where you can be yourself. It's a place where you can relax and kick off your shoes. Home is where you can say what you're thinking. Home is where you're always accepted and loved. You're not a guest. You're a resident. You live there. It's home. Jesus is saying, I'm going to take you to my father's house, and it will be your home too. You'll be a part of the family. You'll be home where you belong. He says in the King James, in my father's house, or he says in my father's house are many rooms, but the King James has many mansions. We like that word, but mansion is not the best translation of the Greek word Jesus used. Probably the best, the best words would be dwelling place or rooms. I believe what Jesus was saying is he was referring to their Eastern custom that when a son grows up and gets married, he brings his bride home again. And the father adds another room onto his house for them and then Another son grows up and gets married and they add another room and the house just keeps getting bigger and bigger as the family stays together. In my father's house, Jesus said, are many rooms. I'm going there to prepare a place for you and I will come again and I'll take you back with me to this place. We're almost there, people. We're almost there. Don't be discouraged. Don't be faint-hearted. Marian Anderson, a great singer, once asked, what is the most memorable moment of your life? Stop and think about heaven for a moment. Much of me is already there. I can tell you that my name is written there already. My citizenship is there. My God is there. My Savior is there. My inheritance is there. My parents are there. So much of me is already there. And I believe that soon his promise will be fulfilled and we'll be in our Father's house. We'll get new bodies. We won't have to worry about getting old and sick and all the other things that plague us here. Trust my promise, Jesus said. Trust my promise. Trust my promise. 
And then finally he said, trust in me. Verses four through six, Jesus said, you know the, the way to the place where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I'm the way. So the essence of that statement is you have to trust in me, Jesus said. You're not going to get there without me. You're not going to get there without me. What a wonderful promise. He's saying, I'm not just going to show you the way. I'm not just going to tell you the way. I'm not going to write instructions out on how to get there. I'm going to come back. And I'm going to take you by the hand and lead you to my father's house. And when that happens, then you'll be I know there's people here this morning that have burdens you think you cannot bear. I'll be honest with you, I had some this year that I just didn't think I was going to make it. I just didn't. Burden's heavy. So I'll ask you, are you troubled? Are you worried or anxious? Are there people here today that just feel completely empty on the inside? Do you feel lonely? Do you feel lost and confused? Do you feel conflicted? Whatever your burdens are this morning, the solution to a troubled heart is still the same. And that's to trust him. So Jesus wants to ask you here this morning, do you still trust him? He said, I'll never leave you. And I have to admit, looking back over the past several years, he hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's still still with us. He said, I'll always be beside you. Don't forget my presence. And then he said to trust my promises. When everything seems dark and gloomy, when everything seems to be falling apart, remember my promises. And then he said, trust in me. If you'll trust in me, you'll never get lost. You won't go astray. He said, I'm the way. I can get you from here to there. But you have to trust me. You have to trust me. I believe God spoke to me this morning as I was getting ready for church. I believe I heard, I don't think of this stuff just by myself. It has to come from another source. And in this case, it had to be God. Last night I had the, it's a privilege, it's a privilege to sit down for well over an hour with some sweet people around a fire. But I noticed This hit me this morning. I noticed when I got in the car last night to leave, Sister Murphy and I did, I could still smell the smoke. I thought this morning about the three Hebrew boys. Stand with me this morning. I thought about the three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel. The Bible said they made a gallant stand for the truth and for God. And they looked at King Nebuchadnezzar and said, we're not going to bow. Whether our God can save us, but whether he does or not doesn't matter. We're still not going to bow to your image. And they were thrown in the fire. You know the story. A manifestation of God showed up in that fire. And the king saw it and said, I cast three men, Lord, I see four. And they were delivered from the fire. And the Bible was careful to take note that they didn't even smell like smoke. I've never heard that story repeated. Where anybody ever went into a furnace of fire and came out. A came out, B came out not smelling like smoke. I've never been around a fire 
where I didn't leave smelling like smoke. Fires, especially the ones out of wood and whatnot, well, they put off smoke. There's an old saying, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I think all of us have been through some level of fire, spiritually speaking, domestically, financially, spiritually. And just about everybody here today has a smell of smoke on you. You can just tell you've been through some stuff. I can see it in your eyes. There's people here today that's fought some long, hard battles over the past 20 years. Challenging times. Jesus said, we're like gold and you're going to be tried by fire. And it's hard to be around it and not smell like smoke. But let me tell you here today, that'll preach one day and y'all can have the thought if you want it. But Brother Mike, we still, we may have the smell of smoke. Matter of fact, my voice is gone, but the Bible prophesied that the church would go through the flood and it would go through the fire. God told us these times would come. I don't think we're going to always smell like smoke. Our bodies are going to change to something else at rapture. But for now, we still have the scars. We still smell like smoke, however you want to say it. But I can assure all of you here today, we're still the church. Why? Because you've never stopped trusting Him. You've never stopped trusting Him. And for all the fiery trials that have come our way, to the devil's chagrin, we're still here. And so as we've announced over the past couple of weeks, Today's Communion Sunday. We do this the first Sunday of every year. We want to start off our year being as intimate with Jesus as we can. This time last year when we did this, and even the year before, I didn't hear Jesus say that some of you will betray me. And we've been through that. there's a group left here in this building I preached to you last year that God was going to use this bunch and he is right now as I speak there's people that God is using here in a marvelous way we're going to start connect groups back up again in a few weeks and I believe we're going to see some mighty mighty powerful powerful things but this morning I want God to know I want all of us to answer partaking and participation of this communion service today that we still trust him we still trust him I want everybody to listen to me right now I was nobody no preacher in my life have ever has ever said this directly but the implication is there that in order for someone to partake in communion you have to be virtually perfect I've never read that in the Bible what the Bible does teach is if you think you are perfect, remain where you are and do not participate in communion. 
because you're not being honest. Jesus went to Calvary and shed his blood and gave his body for imperfect sinner people. So everybody is welcome to participate in this. So happy to see you. So as our custom is on communion Sunday, everybody feel free to participate while they're playing softly. And we're going to reverence this environment as we normally do. Those of you on my right, your left, if you'll exit to the wall, pass by Brother Dave. If the line backs up, you can, might swing by Brother Ben. Those of you on this side, if you'll swing out towards the wall, come by Brother Jason or Brother Ben. Uh, just pass through and get your communion cup. There's plenty. The wafers included with the cup of, of uh, grape juice. And uh, so if you'll start doing that, remain prayerful. The music's going to play. Everybody just exit towards the wall and just walk around. It has the juice and the wafer, uh, the crackers attached to it. So just pick up the one item. If you'll take it back to your seat and hold it until everybody has it, it will partake of communion.
thankful for the presence of the Lord here today. Would you just say amen? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Is everybody serving? Is everybody serving? Thank the Lord. Is everybody serving? Media mood, everybody serve. Thank the Lord. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we love you today. And I'm thankful for this John chapter 14 moment that we're experiencing here today. And I want you to know that we still believe in your presence. We still believe in your promise. And we still trust in you. With all the things that are behind us now, all the dark hours, the traumatic moments, the trials, all of these things are behind us now. We're looking forward to a 2023 not blinded by the fact that there's going to be challenges, but that we're going to see a manifestation of God like we've never seen before. The Jesus that came out of the grave looked just a little bit different than the Jesus that went into it. And I believe the church is going to look different. I believe, God, that our countenance is going to be different. We may have scars. We may have battle wounds. Our faith may may have gone through times where it was weak and we may have even gone through denial. But we're still the body of Christ. It may look different. And it may be hard for us to understand it. But God help us still to believe that we're still the body of Christ. And that the power of God can still work miracles, signs, and wonders through his body, through the church. And yes, we're coming back. We're coming. We're coming. As a church, we're coming. We're coming. We're going to be more powerful than we've ever been before. We're going to be more triumphant. The challenges are going to be there. But we're not going to look at the challenges same either. Because our trust in you is being reaffirmed and reestablished. We're realizing that you've brought us to this place, to this moment, to this hour. Are we up for this? Yes, we are. Are we up for the challenge? Yes, we are. We didn't have to prove it to you, but we needed to prove it to ourselves. That we can go through things challenging things, dark times, and still be victorious. People of sound mind, great attitude and great spirit, still trusting, still expecting. And so, God, we assemble today around your table as your disciples, as your church, and put in front of us is the fruit of the vine and some bread, and we want to partake in your suffering. That's a bold statement, but we're going to do it as a sign of unity, as a sign of togetherness. We're coming back together as a body, as one body of believers. And we're going to partake of the fruit of the vine. And I believe we're going to resurrect to be the greatest church we've ever could have imagined. Not just here, but everywhere. I believe we're going to see a manifestation of God in 2023 like we've never seen before. We pray it in faith, and I pray it in trust in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Thank the Lord. If you would, if you would turn your uh, element to where the, the bread is, the little cracker, 
and uh, just peel that layer off and let's partake of the bread together thank the Lord, has everybody got it? If you're having any trouble, raise your hand one of our ushers will help you, everybody's good in the name of Jesus let's partake of the body of Christ together in Jesus name so thankful for this moment to share this moment with all of you if you'll turn your element over and I will partake of the fruit of the vine if you'll peel the cover off of it we'll ask our parents to help your children uh, if they need help thank the Lord in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus let's partake of the fruit of the vine together What an amazing moment. Let's thank the Lord today for him. Let's thank the Lord for his presence. Let's thank God today for the church. Shall we all sing it one more time if you can? Let's praise the Lord all over the building today. We're still here as a triumphant church, as a glorious church, as a powerful church. As the body of Christ, we're still here. Everybody praise him. That's right. Everybody praise him. Thank the Lord. Y'all sing together. Let's worship the Lord for a moment. Let's worship the Lord for a moment, shall we? Let's worship the Lord. Thank the Lord. Our ushers are coming down the aisle with the wastebasket for you to deposit your container. Thank the Lord. Everybody, let's praise each other. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. As our ushers are moving around the building. Thank the Lord. In Jesus' name, God, we love you today. God, we love you today. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. In the closing moments of this service today, let's praise him together. Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, we worship you. God, we worship you. We worship you. If you can, while they sing, would you clap your hands and praise to the Lord? Let's praise him together. Let's praise him together. In Jesus' name. God, we love you today. God, we love you today. God, we love you today. In the name of Jesus. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you here today. You're dismissed in the name of Jesus. Have a great New Year's Day today. And we'll look forward to seeing you Wednesday night in Jesus' name. God bless you. Greet one another. Shake one another's hands in Jesus' name. It's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the things I've made. When it's all about you, it's all about you. Oh